Um, uh. I'm burping for you now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to I Don't Get It. This is a podcast about performances in Edmonton, and they're not happening. <laughs> uh, we are proud to be part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. My name is Fonda. Um, my co-host, Paul, will join us in uh, on the interview that we're having today. Um, all right, well, let's get started. So it's May. The sun is out. Gardens are being planted. Golf courses, of all things, are open. Good grief. What the f***? In these past weeks, we've been talking to folks who have been affected by performance venue shutdowns and other limitations on gathering, which, despite golf courses being open, are still things that are affecting most people and their livelihoods. Okay, I'm done being pissy about golf courses now. In this new era of online-only connecting, today's guest was already an internet star in her own right um, with her YouTube series, Stump Kitchen. Several years ago, she was diagnosed with a gluten intolerance, and a few years after that went full vegan. And so she found a new passion for cooking when she had to start creating uh, delicious and gluten-free vegan meals uh, for herself at home. And that's how Stump Kitchen started. Our guest was born without her left hand, and this unique feature allows her to showcase interesting and and stumptastic, her word, not mine, <laughs> uh, but a great word nonetheless, uh, stumptastic ways that she can use her body when cooking. And she explains some of those ways um, that a stump can come in handy in the kitchen during our interview. She regularly celebrates body diversity, healthy food, and the amazing, unique ways we all move through the world. She's also a multi-talented performer with a heart and soul made of absolute sunshine and a delightful sense of humor. Uh, in our conversation, we cover many things from favorite pandemic meals to how artists can leverage putting their work online how to bring authenticity to digital spaces, and also how she and her partner are navigating this wild world as they prepare to welcome a brand new person into it. That's right. Our guest at time of interview is very pregnant. So now for your listening pleasure, everyone, please give it up for our guest, the one and only Alexis Hilliard. Hi, Alexis. Hello. How are you, Fonda? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm not in my ninth month of pregnancy, so I am very big and very tired. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Good grief. Also, hi, Paul. How's it going? Hi, I'm I'm good. Uh, Alexis, congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Super cool. Well, Alexis, we have, well, we, I guess we have many things to talk to you about. This whole situation must be affecting you in ways that, that uh, many of us who have have not been or never or never will be pregnant can imagine. So, um, but I wanted to start um, asking you about Stump Kitchen and sort of what it was like to, you know, be uh, like a YouTube star in your own right before all of this pandemic thing happened. Oh, YouTube star, you are very sweet. <laughs> um, uh, like bef before all of this stuff happened, I think just, you know, everything was like career wise with Stump Kitchen um, has been such a blessing from the beginning. Um, just, you know, loving it, loving connecting with 
local, um, you know, local guests from kids with limb differences to local, um, like stores and gluten-free and vegan chefs and just like connecting more with the food community as well as the limb difference community. Um, it's just been beautiful, like really, really cool to like be more connected with my city. Um, and having the the privilege of being, you know, like on the radio or like, you know, YouTube or on the news or whatever, and people kind of know you, it, it makes you feel more connected. Um, so I think that actually was nice to kind of prep me for this weird pandemic where we're all so isolated. <laughs> like I, mm-hmm. I, luckily I had those connections really kind of built and people, you know, they kind of know me and they recognize me when I'm out and about, which is beautiful. Not like I'm out now, but mm-hmm. I think it was a nice... Um, you know, uh, a nice comfort measure for me coming into this pandemic. Was there, um, you, you mentioned sort of, um, it is a, it is a career. Was there a moment sort of when, when Stump Kitchen went from like an, an idea and a fun thing and a joyful thing to, um, something that started to feel like a career for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think the very first video I ever made was actually four years ago, um, right around now. So it's about almost my four year anniversary. And I, when I did that video, um, there was a hint, uh, like so much joy and so much great energy for myself and my body. And I loved it. And I, I put it out there and I, a tiny thought came into my head and it said, what if this could be what you do? And I, I kind of, I didn't push it away. I let it kind of simmer. And I was like, I don't know, maybe we'll see. And it just kind of let it there. And I didn't tell anyone because I would have been terrified to, to dream that big. And then about a year after that, um, that's when it just became more and more apparent, you know, each week doing videos, my, my heart and energy was only going towards that. And it was like a struggle to do anything else. And I just thought, might as well listen to your body and listen to your heart and just, take a risk and and put everything in to this. Um, and so I did that after I left, um, a job, um, for, for a number of reasons. Um, but this was a nice advantage to like be, have the time and space to start some kitchen full time. And I just went in head first and I did everything I could. Um, and it was a big gamble, but it's paid off in, um, really lovely and, and beautiful ways. So, yeah. Um, when you started out with Stump Kitchen um, and sort of essentially do, putting a performance and, and, and a cooking show online, um, did it feel did it feel different than any other sort of like performance history that you had? Um, like, I, like I know that you've been um, involved with Coco Pelli Choir and mm-hmm. other types of performance and things like that. So what was it like to perform for a camera and then see audience feedback coming really after it's been on, loaded online? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it was actually like nothing I've ever done because it's like this mixture of, um, almost like stand up comedy in a way, but, but un- unscripted. Um, and it's like creative food making and, and having fun and, and being messy and cracking jokes and responding with my guests. Like, um, like Paul, you've been a guest on the show. We had such a blast making avocado pie. Like did. the whole time I just <laughs> laughed. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's nothing like I've ever done before in terms of a performance. Like I've sung in front of audiences of thousands and, and, um, that's lovely, but yeah, this is different, especially because you're not actually performing for anyone <laughs> until you post it. So you don't have an audience. All you have is your 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 co-host or yourself. 
Um, so the co-hosts really, or, or like the guests on the show, really help make it come alive and bring out that joy and that fun, and they all add their own flavor. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and as a former guest, I would say uh, you also do a lot of that. Like, uh, like you sort of mentioned a, a moment ago, like really the only other audience you're performing for while you're doing this is the other person in the room with you in front <laughs> yeah. of the camera. Um, and so it's really about, I think, like, yeah, you, you do a very wonderful job of like, um, setting that tone of, of joy and, and fun and, and chill, yeah. <laughs> chill Thank vibes you. as you're working through stuff. It was great. I had a great time. I'm so glad we'll have to do it again. Yeah. Now I've been to culinary school. We should definitely do it again. Oh, absolutely. You could teach me a few things. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> this was, this was really, this was really something I wanted to ask is that how would the avocado pie now maybe change? Maybe Paul, I'm asking um, you now that you've gone to culinary school or at least have halfway through, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Would the recipe change? Would anything change? I think it would be a little more, um, honestly, one of the biggest takeaways, like one of the biggest, broadest takeaways of of culinary school is like taste your food as you go, Mm. Um, which sounds so simple. But I think um, now if I were to make it, I would taste more and adjust in smaller increments rather than being like, and now we need a dollop of this. Um, But uh, I mean, I'm still pro dollop in in most situations uh, of food. Um, so yeah, I think uh, just like a little more, a little more of the sense of trial and error as you go in the actual like consistency and texture of the food itself is what I would say. Absolutely Um, agree. (laughs) Alexis, Alexis on, um, uh, for, for maybe listeners that, that we have that have not, uh, seen or heard of Stump Kitchen before, what is, what is Stump Kitchen and what is, uh, an episode like? Uh, yeah. So Stump Kitchen is my my YouTube show. Um, it's a weekly show, roughly weekly, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, and it's dedicated towards uh, celebrating diverse bodies and humor and uh, cooking vegan and gluten-free and um, just you know, I, I use my stump is that's the word that I use to call my my left arm. I was born without my left hand. And I uh, use my stump as a kitchen tool. I use it as a as a juicer, as a masher, as a spatula, as an expert dishwasher. So people can expect to see um, uh, some fun, tasty recipes, maybe some spilling, maybe some dirty stumps getting in the dough or whatever, and uh, <laughs> really lovely guests. And uh, I work a lot with um, kids who also are have a limb difference. Um, and uh, yeah, so we just do stuff in our own way. And yeah, YouTube and, and I do Instagram uh, little videos sometimes and Facebook tutorials around how to do stuff with one hand, um, just to kind of bring awareness to different ways of doing life. Mm-hmm. You're also involved in something called the Lucky Finn Project. Can you tell us what, what that is and what it's about? Absolutely. So it's a um, an organization um, in the States, but it has a global reach. Um, I am a Canadian ambassador for that program. And their whole um, mandate is to bring awareness and connection um, uh, with families all across the world to Limb Difference. And they host an annual con- conference every year. This year, of course, it was canceled. So it was heartbreaking. Um, but we'll hopefully do some online uh, connections but uh, it's it's this beautiful hub of just connecting people from different cities, countries, everywhere um, to say, hey, you're not the only one. Here's you know, let's let's talk about this. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful program. 
in light of the the pandemic and how a lot all of your content really already was online um yeah. have you found that your audience or feedback or anything like that has changed um i think in little ways i can i can sense things i i um just in in their comments i've actually had a lot more uh like people personally reaching out like in private messages just like Hey, how are you doing with the pandemic? Because like now my audience knows that I'm pregnant, and so they're reaching out um, just to check in, which is so so wonderful. Um, so that's changed quite a bit. Um, the other thing that's been a little more difficult, but not not the worst at all, is um, because of the economy and and um, you know everyone's struggling and people are losing jobs, etc. And um, I I use Patreon as a lot of my uh, my main support and income for the work that I do along with some other side hustles, of course. But, um, you know, I've lost uh, a handful of, of, um, patrons and they are always so like, so apologetic. And I'm like, it's okay. Like I get it. This is a hard, hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a bit of a hit, but, um, I, I don't think it'll be a long-term thing. I think I'll, that'll hopefully remedy itself in the future. Um, but yeah. Well, on I guess a little bit on the Patreon front or or of that of that um of that theme, you know, a lot of artists are putting things online now and and they're and they're either having trouble or not finding effective ways um to monetize or to like actually get those donations or earn anything for what they're mm-hmm. putting online. Um do you have any sort of advice or pointers that you might put out there for people who are trying to figure this out at this stage? I think being like completely honest and raw about where you're at and what you're doing. I think not in a non-pandemic time, I would have a lot, you know, better or different advice for how to um, say use Patreon effectively or, you know, your messaging um, or just like, yeah, reaching out to that audience and actually like monetizing your, your work or whatever. Um, But in a pandemic, it's tricky because we're all struggling and it's a hard time. However, I think, my, my biggest advice I think would be understanding, owning and believing in what you're doing to the point that you, uh, are, you just, you love, you love, and you, you know, exactly the impact that your work is going to have. And, and you, you believe in that yourself and you let that message come across as you're essentially quote unquote selling your stuff. And so like being honest about like, Hey, I created this piece. This is what it means. Um, this is why it's important. Um, also, it's a pandemic. I'm an artist. This is this is creating art is how I exist in the world, how I make money. Um, I would love for you to be a part of my art making process by supporting me. Like just really believing in yourself enough to sell it and know that, you know, asking for contributions that way is not like it's hard to ask for money. We all know that. Like it's really, it's really hard. And I think artists like sometimes can really undersell their like undervalue themselves because of the society that we live in. But like, they're the ones that are keeping the world alive right now. Like it's, they're the ones that are bringing so much joy to um, this weird time and still creating like there's, you're right. There's so much stuff online that I'm like, way to go. Like you're not just, you know, hiding away. You're actually bringing light and joy into the world. So yeah, just being honest about circumstances and and not being afraid to ask and putting it out there and putting it continuously out there over and over. Um, you think it's going to be too much, but audiences online, they don't see your posts all the time. You have to do, I think it's like at least, I don't know, there's a number, <laughs> like you have to post it at least a certain amount of time before someone will 
see it and then react to it. Um, so it's maybe not the best advice, but that's kind of what I would suggest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just being on it. I guess this is a question for both of you and a bit of a tangent for which I apologize, but circles around the world of food, um, which I think all three of us um, uh, quite love and enjoy and have a passion yeah. for. Yeah. Um, uh, this this can be pre-pandemic, during pandemic, whichever you want. But you have what you would consider like a house meal, uh, which I would define as like this is the thing you you just you make most frequently. It's maybe not too hard, but it's like it's a regular staple on your on your dinner table. No, is there anything <laughs> like that, that that comes up for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, right now um, we're on this huge kick of uh, vegan and gluten free fettuccine Alfredo. Ooh. And it is like, it honestly is the simplest thing in the world. It's just, it's a, and it's mostly uh, pantry items. You don't need a lot of fresh stuff other than onions and garlic, which lasts basically forever. Mm. Um, but it's gluten-free pasta. And then the sauce is just um, fried up onions and garlic sauteed until translucent. Um, and then a whole can of full fat coconut milk like the the creamy stuff. And then that's mixed together with a bit of salt and pepper and some basil. Um, and that simmers. You can add a little bit of cornstarch if you want it to thicken. I don't really mind it being a bit more soupy. I like the, the texture of that. Um, and then the last thing you add uh, while it's simmering is a bunch of nutritional yeast. Mm. And like that mm-hmm. together, those just like five ingredients are like to die for. Um, and then mix it with the pasta. And then you can also make some coconut bacon, just using some tamari, liquid smoke if you have it, or any any spices like just some oil and tamari and maple syrup even would do. Um, like coat your coconut flakes in that and then bake it off. And then we add that to the Alfredo. And it's like, it's so heavenly. Mm. Um, we make that almost every second day. Yes. <laughs> So, so good. Oh yeah. my god, this is this is always something that I wonder how you can create with vegan cooking. And you know, as soon as you said nutritional yeast, I was like, oh yeah, that's the stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> the gold. That's the gold right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or or like tamari, like yeah, that uh, coconut bacon. I've not oh. done that, but I have oh. used u- nutritional yeast before as like a replacement for say parm or something. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, that's like is is delicious actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gets that like umami and that savory sort of salty um, zing. I don't know that I have like a house meal. I think I rotate between sort of like five heavily used house meal slash right. recipes. I do like I do like one of the one of the ones that I do, and I'm sorry, it is not not vegan not at all vegan. Okay. I'm, I'm not i'm not a very good vegan <laughs> or vegetarian at all even um but it's a it's just a whole roast chicken um and it's like that it's a, a short roast high heat um and all it is it's it's a two ingredient it's chicken and salt and um as if you truss it right which paul i think you actually taught me how to do <laughs> finally oh, yeah culinary school yeah here too far or before i saw like what you had learned in school i was just wrapping a string around chicken to like try and make it stick together um anyhow and and yeah you, you know you roast that um and with some either roast veg or potatoes or whatever also mushroom mushroom sauce is a huge sort of thing oh, yeah. uh, in in my in my house um any kind of um 
any kind of mushroom, really cook it down with some stock, a little bit of cream, um, Mm -hmm. a shallot or onions in there. And that's, that's the, that's the, the ticket. You put that stuff on anything and people will probably eat it. (laughs) So good. How about you, Paul? Great. Um, I guess, right. Um, I am fortunate. I live with, um, my roommate is Beth, uh, Dart, who is also a wonderful cook in, in her life. Um, so we sort of have been alternating cooking. I find the two things I make the most, um, I tend to do a lot of baking in the house because mm. um, I love to, to bake. So I found like a pretty simple and pretty quick, like bun recipe. Um, so that's popped up quite a bit in the last little while. And then um, recently, I've uh, been really into braised cabbage. Um, it's so like mm-hmm. tasty and and uh, filling and nutritious and and really not that hard to do. Um, so so that's been that's been on the docket. On our last um, grocery order, we we got two full heads of cabbage that we're working our way through. Nice, oh, Alexis. Do you have any um, ideas or suggestions for for recipes for cabbage? Because I have some too. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. Well. You like like Paul said, like braised cabbage, anything is so so nice. I we put our cabbage in um like if we have a lot of fresh veg or whatever, I'll just cut it really, really thin and put it in like little lettuce wraps, um, with some maybe marinated and fried tofu and maybe a bit of a ginger peanut sauce. Um, like not too complicated, but it's adds a nice crunch. It's amazing in a like an apple apple cabbage kind of salad situation, almost like a is it called a Waldorf salad? I can't remember. Something like that. They're they're delish. Um, or <laughs> I like making like lazy cabbage rolls. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't roll. You just cut them and you like put in rice, tomato sauce, and some cabbage and some spices, and you just stick it all in a in a you know um, casserole dish and bake for like two hours, and it's like this beautiful messy cabbage roll situation. Mm. So yeah, that's what I, that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, and and me and my baba would put a lot of butter in that that exact yeah. thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Um, one thing I wanted to ask was um, if you have any suggestions on how to how to cook healthy when groceries might be might be limited because um, we're not we're not really supposed to go out and and sometimes you have to be a little bit creative like if you're getting a delivery box where you don't always get to say what what goes in it um, yeah. so so what are some suggestions you might have uh, for people on uh, cooking in this in this whole isolation period mm-hmm. I think number one is like being patient with yourself because um, often like when I'm cooking as well, like, and I cook, I'd say every day, at least once, um, there's often a time where you're like, Oh, I don't have blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I don't have this ingredient and you can't just like whip to the store every day to get what you need. Um, <clears throat> like we were very careful about how often we shop. So I have to be very like forgiving and gentle and like, uh, not put pressure on myself. Um, and also like kind of, letting myself be creative, like, uh, looking at the ingredients that I have and trying to make stuff out of them. Um, but I'd also say like, you know, just because a lot of us are stuck at home and we feel like we should be doing all these things. It's okay. If you know, your, your favorite way of cooking is calling, skip the dishes. Like that is okay. Mm-hmm. Cause like we've all been there. Um, if that's something that's accessible to you. Um, but I think like keeping it simple, like if you find, you know, a couple cans of beans that nobody really knows what to do with. They can just get sauteed up with some salt and pepper, add some, actually some braised cabbage would be amazing. Add a bit of barbecue sauce and put that on some toast. That could be a beautiful lunch. Um, like just kind of, 
I don't know, letting yourself have the time that you need to figure it out and being patient and not overly critical um, and not pressure, like just not putting the pressure on because we can't do what we're normally used to um, in this, in this time. It's just a weird time. So Mm -hmm. eat eat what you can. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And you're in, and you're in, well, you know, you're, you're in a state now you are, you have a baby on the way. Are there any um, sort of like weird cravings or anything that you're having while, yes. while all this is going on? <laughs> Fonda, let me tell you, okay. I'm, the biggest craving I've had lately mm-hmm. is Mundare sausage. <laughs> <laughs> so, specific. so what do I do about that? And do you know what's so funny? My choir. Um, so we, all of our concerts and everything have been canceled and, um, which is very, very sad. But they just started an online fundraiser for um, uh, for sausages, for like the, I forget the, the name, Swarnaki Mundare sausage and, and pierogies and stuff. And it happened right around the time my cravings like really kicked in. And I was like, is this a sign? Is this a sign I'm supposed to eat a sausage right now? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so I might, who knows? I'm just listening to my body and letting it do what it needs to do. Um, but other than that, I've just been craving uh, like vanilla icing, um, and, uh, a lot of like green things like kale. I'm eating like just, I'm literally eating raw kale out of the fridge. Like it's ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll clear out your teeth, I guess, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's kind of rough stuff. Well, I do massage it and I, yeah, I have a very instructional and kind of sexy video about how to massage kale on my channel. So, I definitely massage it before I eat it. Oh, we will link to that in the show notes too. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm making a list of like, of like stump kitchen episodes that we need to link to. PG-13 though. It's like, that's a little bit sexy. So it's a fun, it's a fun one. Um, how are you, uh, how, how, what is it like sort of navigating the healthcare system right now for you? I mean, uh, there's of mm. course, you know, as a, you know, someone is expecting, there's a lot of extra, um, stuff that happens. So, so how is that working for you right now? Luckily, um, right before the pandemic really, um, hit like kind of in December, February, um, I had to go to the high risk pregnancy unit at the, uh, at the ALEC, the lowest hole hospital, only because I had a bit of a weird, um, one of my thyroid levels was a bit weird. Um, but they, we went there and it was fine. Now I'm not high risk. Everything's okay. Looking really good. So that was really intense at the time because we had to go quite a bit. Um, and I couldn't imagine doing that in a, during, you know, this pandemic time, like, oh my goodness. So luckily that happened. And now, um, I've just had a regular doctor's appointments. Um, and the clinic I go to, um, is really, um, like they're really on lockdown and they're very careful. So I just wear a mask and, um, you know, Allison can't come in. She's my partner. She can't come into the office anymore. It's just me. Um, but they're very kind, lovely, you know, hasn't been too, too bad. Um, and we are planning on a home birth, um, but we will go to the hospital if we need to. But luckily with the home birth, we can really monitor who's there. Like it'll just be our midwife, our doula, Allison, myself, and then we're probably going to stick my family in the backyard. They can have a barbecue while, <laughs> while I'm in labor. <laughs> so then we can all stay socially distant from each other. So that's kind of the plan. Wow. That is, that's, that's kind of amazing <laughs> that it could happen yeah. that way. I, yeah. Of course, best wishes, best wishes and, and hopes that all goes as planned for sure. 
Yeah, thank you. I I hope so. And I I do feel for people who I mean, I have the 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 luxury um of and the privilege of being able to work from home. Um you know, a lot of people I know don't and mm-hmm. like I could not imagine being pregnant and say I'm, you know, being pregnant and being a healthcare worker right now. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And there are many pregnant healthcare workers doing incredible jobs and um yeah, that would just be an added layer of stress that I don't need to carry. So I'm very thankful for that. But I also, my heart goes out to anyone else who, well, everyone who has to go out into the world right now. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a weird, weird time. What do you, what, what do you think you might tell your child uh, years down the road when, when all of this hopefully is, is, is over and we're, and we're in a new, new sort of world. What do you think that you will tell them about, about this time? Well, we're going to name our baby, um, COVID, um, and (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. That's actually something that's happened. People, it's, it's a thing. It's quite interesting. Um, uh, you know, to show like something beautiful could happen in this weird time, but, Anyway, we're not we're not naming our baby COVID at all. Right. Um, I I think we're just like we have been journaling every day for our little ones, so when they're old enough, they they know what you know what life has been like and kind of what their birth story is going to be. So we we are documenting stuff um, and uh, you know little snippets here and there, like oh today we got our masks in the mail or like you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just. Uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be mostly just positive, fun stories about, um, you know, decorating the baby's room and getting excited and feeling their kicks and um, the the pandemic won't overshadow it too, too much. Um, but yeah, we're keeping track in a little journal for them. That's wonderful. I'm so stoked on the idea of a backyard barbecue while your your <laughs> child is being born. I love that so much. Um, that's, that's all I have to add. Um, Thank you. I'm glad. Northwest Fest is Canada's longest-running documentary film festival. It can't happen in their regular home at the Garneau Theatre this year, but the show must go on, and it will. From May 8th through 17th, Alberta residents can stream a selection of outstanding documentary films to their homes through Northwest Fest. Tickets are available now for most of the films showing, including Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, the recollections of a closeted horror film actor. All films are geo-locked for viewing in Alberta only, so you have to live here to see them. Buy your tickets today at northwestfest.ca. This episode of I Don't Get It is brought to you by Storylines, a podcast from women in film and television Alberta. Storylines highlights some of our province's most successful women in film and television, both behind the camera and in front of it. Host Sheena Rossiter shares more about what to expect from this podcast. Take a listen. I'm Sheena Rossiter, the host of Storylines, a podcast brought to you by Women in Film and Television Alberta. It's a podcast for filmmakers by filmmakers, but it's also a podcast for film and television lovers. We've been speaking with some of the most successful women in film and television with links to Alberta, and we'll hear about everything from how they got their start in the industry. I was writing before I could even spell. I think it's in your blood. To getting a behind-the-scenes look at some of their best projects. Oh, it was really difficult to get broadcasters on board. And hearing about some of the obstacles they faced along the way. We're making waves, but there's still some barriers to power and access that we're still facing. 
These stories of determination and persistence are the storylines that make up these women's careers. Join me, Sheena Rossiter, as we hear from some of the brightest minds in film and television from in front of and behind the camera. Subscribe now to Storylines wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, follow your storylines. We can't wait to see where they lead. And I will just note also that the Storylines theme music is by Aaron Mockery and Laura Raboud. And you've heard Laura Raboud on this podcast a number of times. So woohoo, shout out to our friends out there uh, with the Storylines theme music. All right. So some bits of Edmonton uh, performing arts news this week. The Garneau Block was featured on Canada Performs. The cast reunited, of course, virtually uh, for one night only to um, do a reading of Act One. And uh, from what I heard, it was it was pretty great. Sadly, I missed it. I did not miss, though, um, the International Dance Day offering uh, that Mile Zero Dance put together congratulations mile zero on like that fantastic two hour show. There were dancers from everywhere and from here sharing short works. It was so wonderful to see, um, some of those folks, uh, moving and I, I really liked it. (laughs) Also for international dance day, which was on April 29th and it is every year on April 29th, uh, Edmonton's own Shumka released a compilation of its dancers performing from isolation and um, outdoor spaces near their homes when it's in a driveway <laughs> to commemorate um, Dance Day. Um, it's also the company's 60th anniversary. Um, and so they released this compilation, which they called the Isolation Hopak. Um, and I thought it was pretty pretty cool. So we'll share the link to that uh, in the show notes too. Um, also in some other news that I heard this week, The Stage, which is a UK um, publication on on, on theatre news and happenings, um, there's an interesting piece on The Stage about how South Korea's theatres remained open throughout um, the pandemic and the lockdown there um, and actually have been doing quite well. <laughs> so um, I, I found that fascinating. I'll, I'll share the link to that. Um, New York Times also published a piece on how theater has to think small after the return um, from all of this COVID-19 mess. So um, two little, uh, two think pieces there on on what might be next and how uh, how we might be able to learn from um, some things maybe that South Korea has done. Also in the show notes, of course, we will share um, links to Stub Kitchen, some of the recipes that we talked about, uh, the Lucky Finn project, which Alexis is involved with. Um, and yeah, and then we will also um, share uh, Paul's recipe for buns because I I think I need it and I need a place to keep it. So there. Um, All right, everyone, there's nothing happening live. But of course, there are lots of things that you can watch online. If you know something about um, what a local performer is doing or a company then um, that we should give a shout out to, then please let us know. You can find out how to contact us at our website. I don't get it. Yeg.com. Thank you again so much to Alexis Hilliard for chatting with us. Um, I cannot imagine what it is like to be expecting um, a little bundle at this time. Um, but we all, we wish you all the best. Okay, everyone go watch some shows from the safety of your home Wi-Fi, And if you can send those artists a donation, they sure could use it. Bye. I don't get it is a member of the Alberta podcast network powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. 
I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta, in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blenov. 